Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me again. This podcast, I'm not sure when it's going to get released in, in what order. It's one of those that I'm just going to kind of uh, record, you know, as like a filler podcast. So uh, this, I'm actually recording this at the end, just after Christmas, at the just before the new year. So um, hopefully, you guys' seasons have been uh, have been prosperous. Um, I want to thank you guys for uh, continuing to support the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, as always, the number one thing you can do is go ahead and leave a rating for this podcast and go share as much as possible. Um, don't have a ton of, you know, don't have a big audience, but the guys that do listen uh, and gals do, I guess, uh, I, I, I get a lot of really good feedback from it. I really, really appreciate that, you know, so if it's only just um, not a ton of people that I'm that, that I'm kind of, you know, speaking out to, uh, the audience is growing. But uh, just the people that I'm, you know, that actually do listen and, and tune in and watch the YouTube videos and that kind of stuff, I greatly appreciate your feedback. Um, I'm doing this to uh, a chronicle kind of my journey through hunting and, uh, you know, lately in the past couple of years through the world of traditional bow hunting. And uh, I'm also trying to help others that are behind me uh, along the journey that are, that are not quite as far along. I am by no means an expert, but uh, I do think I do have, you know, more experience than some people that are at least like, you know, getting into this or only into this, uh, you know, not not that far down the road. So I'm going to keep um, I'm, I'm just going to keep, you know, doing what I do here. And I greatly appreciate the feedback. And like I said, if you guys want to support this, you guys absolutely please go ahead and share. Uh, share on social media, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Go ahead and watch the YouTube videos. Um, the uh, the episode we're going to get into today actually I do have a couple of YouTube videos out there um, talking about this. There's, it's kind of like a two-parter, and I think I, the way I label them is uh, longbow versus recurve, uh, part one and two, and uh, that's kind of what we're going to get into. It's going to be uh, the differences between a, a longbow and a recurve, and you know, it, don't just shut it off just yet. If you're like, oh man, that's another one of those, you know, com- comparison longbow recurve. What's the difference, you know? I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit uh, different things regarding um, bow lengths, and then we're going to get into a little bit of draw lengths as well. That uh, things that you may want to consider, you know, once you're, you know, once you get down the traditional path, you're trying to pick whether you want to do a recurve or a longbow. If you started with one, want to check out the other, and then we're going to talk again, like I said, also about bow lengths and draw lengths, and some things that you probably may not hear about or may not see discussed in in other podcasts or in other videos so uh, like i said i do have the two youtube videos out there definitely uh listen to this one and then go and watch them and it'll give you a better visual understanding of what i'm the concepts that i'm that i'm going to try and talk about here so anyway without further ado i guess we can we can jump right into it so longbow versus recurve now, this is going to be kind of like a, the first part of this is going to be like a little entry, you know, uh, 101 kind of thing. So I apologize for the guys that are a little bit farther, you know, farther down the knowledge uh, path on this. But um, I guess the easiest thing to say, you know, the difference between a recurve and a longbow is let's just define what a longbow is. Now, a longbow, technically, uh, t- the, the string touches the the limbs only at the limb tips okay at the string at the string knocks the string uh, grooves rather but let at the limb tips they all the string only touches it in one place well two places technically on each limb now it doesn't touch the limb anywhere else you know all, all, along its path a recurve is well it's kind of visually obvious right the limb tips 
recurve back on themselves. They kind of, you know, they kind of curve back towards you and then they curve back away from you at the limb tips. But technically what makes a recurve not a longbow is the string actually touches it at the at the string tips, uh, at the limb tips, where the you know it goes into the string grooves, but it also for some distance follows the curvature of that limb tip. The string follows the curvature of that limb tip, so it's in contact with that curved part, the recurved part of the limb of the limb tip for I don't know several inches. Now that depends on um, how how you know the, the actual limb design, the size of that curve, uh, the tightness of that curve, that sort of thing. But technically, that's what makes a recurve. Now it used to be that a longbow, when someone thought of a longbow, it was the like what we call the like hill style. Uh, American style longbow, American flatbow, semi-flatbow, whatever. That goes by a bunch of different names. We're going to call them ASLs or hillbows. And the hillbow is basically what you would consider. It takes like a D shape when it's strung. Um, and it's typically a longer bow. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to use terminology like longbow. And I'm also going to say longer bow. So I'm, I'm going to try and uh, make sure I differentiate the two when, when we're talking about, you know, draw lengths and things like that. But um, a, a, a heel-shaped longbow has a very uh, distinct profile. Um, these are their, you know, you're just going to have to look up some of these ones, right? But uh, they have a D-shape when they're strung up. The, the limbs, you know, they don't do any kind of um, any other curvature other than curving back towards the archer when it's strung. Um, the grip is usually... A very flat, like straight up and down grip, and what would we we would call a low wrist grip, meaning that when you grab that bow, you're basically hold. Think of it like you're holding a broom handle. You know, you grab a broom handle and you stick it out straight in front of you, okay? And you know, the broom handle goes is basically vertical, like straight up and down. And if you make a fist and pretend, you know, right now as you're listening to this and stick your hand out and pretend that you're actually grabbing a broom handle. And look, look where your wrist is, right? The actual, look, look at the bottom of, of your, of your arm, bottom of your wrist, basically. Um, that would be considered a low wrist grip. Now, uh, for those of you who also shoot compounds or know what a compound is, um, or those of you who shoot recurves, let's say, that has a, what we call like a locator grip or a, a, like a higher wrist grip, then it's almost like, if you were to, you know, take, make your fist out in front of you again, and instead, instead of holding, you know, the broomstick straight up and down, pretend you're holding like some sort of like pistol grip in front of you, pretend you're holding like a pistol. Now, what happens with that pistol grip? You tend to actually rock your, um, the, the top of your fist down, you know, kind of forward. Now, that may be kind of counterintuitive from when I because I say you rock it down, that may be counterintuitive to saying high wrist and low wrist. But you're really, if, if you just kind of kind of think about it from like the bottom of your wrist is, is kind of like the reference. Um, the the a, a recurve or like a like a typical compound typically isn't a straight up and down grip. It actually curves uh, or slopes kind of away from you, so that you actually you know think of the back of a pistol, back of a Glock, back of a 1911 or something like that, and 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 imagine trying to you know move your hand and rock your wrist or your fist kind of you know, forward and down a little bit um, at the top and matching the contour of that grip. That's what we would consider a high wrist grip so that it's kind of, you know, like your fist, if you're making a fist, your, your fist is kind of rocking downwards or knuckles are rocking downwards, but the back of your hand, 
and you know like the top of your wrist is kind of rocking upwards okay that's what we call a high wrist grip so anyway so anything that has kind of like a locator grip like that like a pistol grip is typically a uh, medium to a high wrist grip and anything that has a straight up and down broom handle kind of grip is considered a low wrist grip now um all of these styles are kind of you may be able to shoot all of them or you may be able to shoot only one kind okay so when when we get when we dive into the differences between these bows and the i guess uh, pros and cons of each one um, this is all with the caveat that the the grip has to suit you no matter what the bow is uh, for me and for a lot of experienced shooters the grip is everything and then everything else kind of you know falls falls in line after that um, you know, the way the limbs feel, the way the mass weight of the actual bow feels, the way, uh, the thickness of the grip, the, um, you know, if it's got, uh, you know, place for your thumb or not, um, you know, the, the poundage of the bow, the length of the bow, all that kind of stuff. But everything, the heart of the bow is that grip because it has to feel natural and it has to feel natural to you for you to pick it up, um, and point it naturally and it, and you know, everything just kind of falls in place without you having to think about it or twist it or torque it or move your hand or squeeze your hand a certain way to make it feel comfortable. So, um, I guess, uh, before, before I even get even, you know, way farther down this, you're, you're not going to get an answer out of me about what is better or what you should start out with. I'm not going to tell you that a recurve is better or a longbow is better or that you should start off with one or the other. I don't think that's that makes much of a difference. At least it didn't to me. So I'm just going to give you my my experience and the people that that that, that I kind of shoot with. Um, uh, a lot of people will tell you if you're coming over from a compound that a recurve style grip uh, or like a high like like a pistol style grip will be a little more natural. Well, maybe you know it, it, the, the grip itself is natural, but there's so many other things about shooting a recurve that are different than a compound that if you're going to make a wholesale change, I don't necessarily necessarily think in my opinion that you know the, the just that because it's a recurve grip and it's closer to a compound grip i don't think that that necessarily makes the transition that much easier it might though it didn't for me it really it really wasn't that much of a factor um it's just there's certain things that i like and certain things that i don't like so um anyway so <clears throat> we've got we've got our two different types of grips now with a uh, with, with the history, I guess, of, you know, between longbows and recurves, we typically had, you know, like that D shape. And then we typically had what we consider just like, a, like any other kind of recurve, right? Well, in today's day and age, there is an entire spectrum, uh, going from full on hill style bow to full on, uh, you know, super curve, uh, tips where like the, the recurve tips are like, like extra curled, you know, they give like extra, uh, kind of speed, if you will. Um, they feel quite a bit different too at, at full draw or when you're nearing full draw and everything in between. We have recurves that, um, uh, I, I don't know, they're, they're not quite as aggressive. We have longbows where they're kind of, they're called a hybrid longbow or like a reflex deflex longbow where the limbs themselves, they don't just, when the bow is strung up, they don't just take like a, like a normal, you know, good old simple D shape. They actually have some curvature to them. They kind of curve back toward the archer, okay, which is called uh, deflex. Okay, the limbs coming back toward the archer is called deflex, and then they start to curve back away and upward again, which is called reflex. Reflex is away from you technically, and deflex is towards you. But a hybrid longbow is what we would call a reflex deflex. Technically, it's a deflex reflex if you're starting from 
the the grip if you're starting from the, the riser deflex you know right where you know where where it meets the riser it's, it's kind of go, going towards you and then and it kind of curves away again in, into a reflex uh, profile the those bows are kind of um kind of in between they um you know you can think of uh, like i have an omega omega original longbow that's that's one of them a uh, a tolki a tolki whip or a pika or whistler or whatever that's that's another one of them a uh, like a big stick assassin that is a reflex deflex longbow there's there's so many others uh, a hill style bow is um let's say one you might find uh you know made by like like northern mist okay northern mist is kind of like the top tier uh you know, hill style bow. They make you know a great, just regular. You know, I think they have like the the classic, I believe, and the American. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know all their models, but um, you know, they they are known for making hill style longbows and probably the best uh, hill style longbows. Um, and then, like I said, you've got like the reflex, deflex kind of stuff. You can. Um, uh, what else is in there? Uh, I already said the big uh, the big stick assassin. The um, uh, oh, what's the what's the other one here? Anyway, uh, striker striker is uh, is definitely one. Bodnik Bodnik slick stick. That's also a reflex deflex type of um, uh, uh, longbow. So all of these newer kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna say newer, but newer uh, hybrid longbows, reflex deflex longbows, they have some elements of a, of a recurve. Uh, in their limb design, meaning, you know, they curve towards you and then they start curving away from you. It's just that the limb tips, they don't necessarily curve all the way across or all the way, you know, forward where they're touching the string again. Uh, so they're still technically only touching the string at the limb tip. Um, but they, but some of them are pretty aggressive in the way that they, uh, you know, reflex back away from you. The, uh, the Omega native, for example, is uh is is one of those you know it, it kind of comes up into the limp tips it almost looks like it's going to touch the string um but but it doesn't so so we have this broad spectrum of heel style to uh you know full-on recurve and in the middle we've got these reflex deflex uh, uh longbows and they all will shoot a little bit differently now um typically um, and again, this is all just kind of rule of thumb, and this is this is this has changed in recent years. But typically, the the, the uh, proponents of longbow shooters, you know, they'll tell you you can grip the thing, you know, like like a D-shaped uh, D-style longbow. You can grip it uh, any way. It's very stable. Uh, it doesn't have to locate your hand in any certain way. The limbs themselves are rather um, they're, they're they're thin, but they're thick. Meaning, if you were to look at them like head on, um, you know, if you were like, you know, pointing the bow, if someone was pointing the bow at you, they're not very wide. Okay, they're not very wide limbs. Uh, but if you were to look at them at, from the side and profile, they're actually thick limbs. So what that does is those those thinner limbs, those uh, those those thin in profile, uh, thin in uh, in width uh, limbs resist twisting. Whereas if you were to look at uh, a recurve in, you know, from, from dead on, the limb would be wider. But if you were to look at it in profile, the limb would be really, really thin. So I, I did do a video way back when, one of the earlier, like really, not that my videos are stellar now, but um, one of the kind of the crappier videos, one of the first ones I did was on my 59 Kodiak when I had first uh, gotten it. And um, uh, I, I do a video explaining the difference, you know, between them, and I actually give full credit to uh, Jeff Cavanaugh, who's also got a uh, YouTube channel, and and he explained this as well. So I'll just give full credit to him. Um, the it, it's almost like shooting a two by four, okay? Um, 
the if you were to, if you were to take a two by four, okay, a two by four isn't very wide, right? Two inches by four inches. Um, well, it's inch and inch and a half by three and a half, but whatever. You, it, it, it it's a pretty bulky piece, right? It's not very wide, but it's pretty thick. And if you were to take a two by four, you really can't twist the thing. You know, if you were to take the top and bottom of them and try to like, you know, kind of twist it back and forth, it's pretty damn solid. You can't twist it. Whereas if you were to take a, um, uh, you know, let's let's just say we're still at Home Depot here and you walk down the aisle to the to the uh, trim section, uh, to the baseboards or, or fascia boards or anything like that. And you get like a really thin piece of uh, fascia board, like one by 10 piece of like cedar or something like that. You can take that and you can actually uh, flex it side you know left and right you can actually twist it pretty well well that fascia board would be like a recurve limb it's thin but it's wide whereas the longbow limb would be your two by four where it's thick where it's it's pretty narrow so the stability that comes with a non-twisting limb at the shot okay we're not talking just you know twisting like over time or whatever i'm talking like at the shot there's a lot of stress on those limbs and those limbs have to come back perfectly in a straight line and uh, and and when they're you know when you let the string go they need to go forward perfectly in a straight line without go you know without traveling side to side in the compound world we talk a lot about um um uh, like lateral knock travel or vertical knock travel, meaning, you know, if, if the limbs are unwinding or the cams are unwinding at different rates, the, the, uh, uh, the knock can kind of travel up and down, you know, as, as it's, as a string is going forward and, you know, that can, that can, you know, introduce all, all that up and down, obviously into the arrow itself. And if the, if the, uh, the cams have any kind of lean to them, or if the, uh, the limbs have any kind of lean to them, then as the, as the limbs are unwinding, uh, at the shot, it, it can also introduce lateral knock travel, right? So it's kicking your air, the back of your arrow left and right as, as it's accelerating. So that's not also good. Um, the same thing can actually happen with, with, with a traditional bow. Okay. If those limbs come back and they, and, and you, you don't know how, what they look like at full draw. Cause I mean, you're basically, you know, up against the string. I mean, you're not, you're, you're not like a couple feet back, uh, unless you have a draw board or something like that. Uh, but even then you don't know how it's torquing in your hand. So, you know, if, if, if limbs aren't designed well and they come back and they don't have, you know, good stability, then you're going to have some issues. Now with today's modern materials and build construction and, uh, and, and, and fiberglass and things like that, a lot of these things are non-issue. Okay. If you have a good, um, uh, a good, a good builder, a good bow, and most, almost all of them are, um, you're not going to have issues with limb stability. Um, but there's no denying that a, you know, a recurve is more susceptible to uh, limb twisting, uh, torquing, twisting, that kind of stuff than a, a longbow is. And, and the wider that recurve, the more super curve those limb tips have, the more chance that, I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on at the shot when those things are on, un, un, you know, those springs, because I mean, a limb is a spring. When those limbs are unwinding and transferring that energy and, and, and going, you know, forward, uh, you got a lot more chances for things to kind of get out of whack. Now, this is again, all in theory. With modern construction, with most materials, this is, that's really, really not an issue. But people still prefer the simplicity of that, the, um, uh, the thicker, uh, thicker limb that's thinner in, in, uh, in, in width 
of a longbow. Uh, they just, I don't know, maybe there's there's this uh, mystique about them. Maybe there's this idea that they're that they're stronger, and they very well maybe you know a little bit tougher. Um, you know, the, a little less uh, stuff for people to think to to, to worry about, where you know the, the limb's going to warp over time or not. Um, you know, because it could look perfectly fine. Uh, it could look perfectly fine sitting just braced. You know, but you don't know again what it's doing when you draw it to full draw and as you know as as a shot's going off right you're just kind of trusting that everything is still following in line and not and not twisting and torquing and stuff but anyway uh spend a little bit too much time on that one um so basically those those, those are your designs okay recurve longbow hybrid longbow now i've never shot a hill style bow uh the closest i came to shooting a hill style bow which really isn't a hill style bow is the bear montana i hated the thing a lot of people love the thing i could not get past the grip um when that thing is strung up technically that is a reflex deflex longbow but it looks like a d style bow it's a very 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 mild uh reflex deflex bow um the only other longbow that i've shot is my omega my omega original that is a um reflex deflex longbow um and it has a pistol grip style grip on it and i love shooting the thing it's 64 inches and uh you know i'm, I'm, I'm getting to quote unquote grips with it more and more and i might actually take it out uh hunting uh, next year um i i, I kind of concentrated on my uh, uh 59 kodiak and my grizzly and stuff this year when, when i had him when i had him in my hands but um you know, uh, the, the more and more I, I shoot the longbow, the more I like it. And uh, I'm actually probably going to be saving up for a Tolkien, either a Pika or a Whistler, probably a Whistler. I'm not sure. Uh, it really, really has my eyes. So anyway, that's a little uh, that's a little aside from uh, from all that. So we've got, you know, potential more limb stability with a longbow. We've got potentially uh, more speed with a recurve. Now, why is that? Um, this used to be the case. Recurves were, you know, generally faster than longbows for the same poundage. That's kind of changed again in, in, in recent years. But, you know, wh why would why would that be? Well, with a longbow, I mean, you you basically have the limb that you're working with. And again, the limbs are springs, right? So you can only bend that spring so much. That's why a D-shaped longbow, a hill-style longbow, is, uh, is, is typically longer. They're typically over 64, 66, 68 inches, something like that. Whereas recurves, you know, a lot of hunting recurves are 58 to 62, 64 maybe, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of them tend to fall in, let's say 60 to 62 inch range, a little bit shorter. Well, for the, the reason you get a little more speed is because you have more surface area, more spring in a recurve. Um, if you were to unfurl a recurve, let's say it didn't have that shape and you were to somehow flatten it, okay, then you, then, then that, I guess that limb distance, the length of that whole limb would actually grow. If you think about it, it's kind of like, um, uh, if you get in your car and you drive a straight line in a mile, okay, and if you were to imagine what a mile looks like in your car versus if you were to get in your car and go to, uh, like a really, really twisty street, and actually physically draw and, and, it, and it goes back and forth back and forth like switchbacks over onto itself left right left right left right um again this is this is pretty you know uh drastic example but uh and then if you were to drive that that really windy road and 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 actually go a mile as far as what your odometer says and if you were to take like a like a like an aerial map view of that well 
obviously the, the straight the straight line mile would be you know like point a point b would be you know a certain you know mile apart right i mean it would look it would look a certain distance on a map whereas if you were to drive a mile on that twisty road that super twisty road um your point a to point b would be a would look you know in a straight line it would look like it's they're a lot closer together but because you went left and right left and right left and right did all that winding you actually you know uh, put them on, you know, put the extra distance on, on the car. You just kind of went left and right to do it. Well, it's not, obviously it's not that drastic in a, uh, in, in a recurve, but you do have more, you know, you do have, uh, that real estate to work with because you've got the limb curving back towards you and then the limb kind of curving back away from you. So you've got the, uh, the spring action, um, kind of almost like coiled back onto itself a little bit. You know, think of like a leaf spring versus a coil spring. Again, I'm using car terminology. I apologize for those don't that don't understand that. But um, again, these are kind of just vague gen generalities here, but I'm, I'm hoping to spark, you know, that, that, uh, that understanding of what I'm really, what I'm really trying to talk about. So in other words, to get the same amount of spring uh, from a longbow limb, the limb needs to be longer. Okay. Now, obviously, the thickness of the limb, uh, the materials used, uh, the glue and the glass that are used greatly, greatly affect um, how much energy that that limb uh, actually has and uh, how much energy you can, you know, how much poundage you can store. But again, I'm, I'm, you know, rules of thumb, that's why a recurve was typically uh, faster, you know, so if you would have had like a uh, like a 60, like a 60 inch or 62 inch recurve, it would be the same speed as like a 66 inch, let's say longbow. I'm just pulling those numbers out of my ass. But um, again, the reason is because you just have more surface area for that spring. It's more spring working on that, on that one limb in a, in a smaller overall package. Okay. Um, so I, I hope, you know, I, I hope that made sense. Now with, with, with modern materials, I know we've thought we've had uh, Kagan McCabe on uh, from Omega Longbows. Uh, he was a guest uh, earlier on. And uh, with modern materials, a lot of that's kind of gone away uh, as far as um, uh, speed goes, because there's a lot of, um, well, I'm, I, I, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to take that back. Recurves are typically faster, at least when, at least when compared to a hill style bow. But with the, I guess, um, the development and the design and the new designs in, in reflex deflex longbows, that speed differential has kind of uh, gone away and it's really more dependent on, you know, the, from, from bow to bow. So it's tougher to make that kind of generality, but because you do have that, you know, that recurve or at least uh, the, the reflex uh, part of that limb, you know, it's not just like a straight uh, curved, curved limb. So... Um, the, all the differences that you may have been told, uh, coming into this where, you know, longbows are slower, uh, recurves are faster. Well, now, nowadays that whole, it, it's across a spectrum and you can't just make, you can't just make like a, like a generality, you know, or you can make a generality, but you can't definitely say this is one thing. This is another thing. It's kind of across the board and you actually have to, you know, pick in one individual model bow versus another individual model bow and and that's really if you're after you know speed now in the trad world we're really not after speed uh we are after well for me anyway and from from you know anyone who has shot these things for a long time um it's it's you got to gel with it right 
the the bow has to fit you you have to feel comfortable with it and it's it has to shoot where you look whether you shoot instinctive or whether you shoot uh you know some sort of de dedicated aiming system uh it has to be right for you it, somebody else could pick up you know one one bow and absolutely love that bow and it could be dead nuts accurate for them and you could pick up that bow and it just doesn't gel with you and again for me a lot of that starts starts and ends with the grip really but um you can pick up another bow and you can and it actually just just fits you or okay uh once you get to that point you can pick up one you know you can pick up a couple bows that actually feel really really good right you you, you just grab it uh everything's natural on the hand no pressure points no hot spots no high points no low points no weird anything like that it's just natural um and you can have several bows that feel exactly like that but one bow may shoot consistently you know six inches to the left for you for for no i mean uh, we're assuming a tuned bow uh you know what you're doing uh tuned arrows that kind of stuff right but it could just for some reason it doesn't fit you it just shoots left all the time or it shoots right all the time and then you know one bow will absolutely shoot dead nuts straight down the center exactly where you're looking all the time and unfortunately you just got to go and shoot a bunch of different bows to to get to that point um there's there's really no other way you know that, that i can say it no other kind of magic formula that i can give you just you just have to go and shoot some of these bows to feel comfortable with now um that can get expensive or if you are able to go to a traditional shoot uh somewhere if you're lucky enough to get to get out to one of them you know ask to shoot someone's bow uh people are really really especially in the trad world they're really really open to that kind of stuff you know yeah go ahead take a few shots out of my bow you know shoot shoot around shoot a 3d round shoot some targets whatever um you know see how you feel um you know you, you can go to um you know a lot of these traditional rendezvous where you know they've got vendor booths and that kind of stuff and they'll absolutely let you try, try out their, their their bows and shoot their bows and stuff and the best thing to do is just go and, and, and try and just try a bunch and then you'll figure out over time uh what what grip you like, what style you like, and uh, what what kind of gels, uh, what kind of gels with you. So, um, once we've decided whether we're going to go recurve, longbow, hybrid longbow, uh, the other thing we have to think about now is uh, these are in no certain order, but I'm going to do them in the order that that I would that I would do them. Uh, is is the length of the thing? Um, I'm not going to talk about poundage because poundage could be for any uh, for any bow, but the actual physical length of the bow is an important factor. Now, uh, what you may have typically been told, and we're told a lot, is uh, in in the trad world that if you have a longer draw, that you need a longer bow. Okay, granted, great. If you uh, another rule of thumb would be that if you have a shorter bow that at full draw, you are going to have more string pinch, okay, finger pinch. Again, uh, fair point. What they mean by that is, let's say you have a 52-inch, and I'm using the bows that I have as an example. Let's say you have a 52-inch uh, Bayer Kodiak Magnum. That is a pretty damn short bow, at least, at least for a trad bow. It's a short bow. It's 52-inch AMO. Uh, compare that to my 64-inch Omega. That's the longest bow that I have. Now, a short bow, uh, when you get to full draw, again, we're pulling these, let's say you're pulling them to 28 inches. I pull 27, but let's just say 28 inches, right? Um, 
both of those bows are being pulled to the same amount. However, the string angle that is made from one bow from a longer bow versus a shorter bow is drastically different. The string angle at full draw that my Kodiak Magnum makes is a lot more acute. It goes, it goes a lot sharper, okay? The because because the limb tips are closer together because the bow is shorter. Um, that string angle that that comes you know down towards you uh, from the top limb and then back away from you toward the bottom limb, that angle is a lot sharper than the angle than that my 64 inch bow makes, okay? Because the limb tips are farther away, so it's a more gentle angle. It kind of it more gently comes down toward you and more gently goes away uh, away from you toward the bottom limb. Now, um, string pinch happens when that string, uh, the, the, the top and bottom, I guess, of, of your fingers, right? I mean, you, you're, you're pulling back, and I'm assuming you're pulling back with, with your fingers. Whether it's, uh, whether it's split finger or three under, I shoot three under, the string pinch is going to happen... Uh, more with a shorter bow because, like I said, the angle between those two, I say the two strings, but it's, it's still the same string, but let's say the string, go, you know, above your hand versus, you know, below your hand, um, they are closer together and, and they're pinching your fingers at full draw. A longer bow isn't going to do that as much. Um, also, the longer the draw, the more uh, susceptible you are to string pinch. So the longer the draw, that's why they say shoot a longer bow. Um, that's a fair point. That um, that I can't refute, but it's never really been that big of an issue for me. I shoot three under. String pinch is more of an issue if you shoot split finger, meaning you have you know one finger above and two finger below uh, the arrow. Uh, that's just you know something you're gonna have to live with and. You know, if, if you're learning to shoot, people say it's easier to not have to deal with the string pinch. I don't know. Um, maybe they're right. But to me, it's just not that 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 big of an issue. But um, another generality they make with the longer bow versus a shorter bow is <clears throat> that the longer bow is typically going to be more stable and easier to shoot, theoretically. Okay. Now, either one is capable of, you know, if you're putting them on a shooting machine, either one is technically capable of shooting, you know, lights out, you know, uh, depending on the bow, okay? Um, they can both shoot perfect, or if they're out of tune, they can both shoot like crap. But assuming everything is tuned, assuming everything is right with it, the a longer bow, whether it's a long bow or a recurve, a longer bow, tip to tip, is typically going to have um, more stability in those limbs, okay? Um, and you're... you're and I, I mean stability, not not at the shot. I'm not talking like uh, as far as like you know in back and forth travel, which I'll get to in a second. But as far as um, uh, just kind of mass weight, okay. When you're at full draw, you really don't want a lot of wiggle in your bow. Um, think of a, a tightrope walker, right? Why does a tightrope walker or you know circus act or whatever have those big, long, huge poles, right? Uh, they kind of, you know, they, they, they kind, they kind of carry. They kind of droop down, you know, to their sides. They're huge poles. Well, it's because it makes them, it makes them very, very stable. Uh, the, it absorbs a lot of minor inputs, minor torque that it doesn't, you know, throw the throw the guy walking across the, you know, across the wire, off the wire. Um, they're very stable. If you were to walk across with uh, like a little baseball bat in his hands, you wouldn't have that stability. But the guy's got like a 10, 15. I don't know how how wide they are, but I mean, he's got like a 10, 15 foot long pole, you know, the droops, you know, all, all the way. It's really, really stable because it's a lot of mass to move. And, um, 
you are less likely to affect that mass, you know, the big long pole for moving and, and tipping left and right. Well, <clears throat> the same is true with a longer bow. Um, the longer those limbs are, the more mass, you know, the more you know, physical mass too that the bow has, the, it, the more stable it is at full draw because you've got a lot of pressure on it. You're pulling back. Um, you're trying not to torque the thing left and right. And you're trying not to wiggle it. Um, you know, again, hold out, you know, hold out your hand, uh, pretend you've got the bow or a broomstick in your hand and just kind of like kind of wiggle it left and right. You know what I mean? You, you kind of twist it like you're trying to turn like a, like a, like, like a doorknob or something like that. Um, the longer the limbs that you have, the more stability they're going to have because it's just more mass weight to, to, to get to move, um, because it's, it's just a longer lever, you know, whereas, uh, you know, if you're holding something, um, again, again, broomstick, if you have like a really long broomstick in your hand, trying to get it to move, kind of twist in your hand, you hold it out at arm length, twist it, you know, like you're, uh, you know, you know, twisting left and right. And it's kind of hard doing it. There's a lot of mass to move around. Whereas if you were to just grab like a little stick in your hand, like a screwdriver or something like that, and hold it the same way, there's no mass there. And you can move your wrist left and right like real easy. <clears throat> well, the same thing applies with, with, a, with a longer bow versus a shorter bow. Um, that, that mass weight is going to help you. It's going to help you stabilize, you know, your, your wrist. It's going to uh, not allow minor uh, torque inputs from you. And pressure inputs from from you to uh, transfer as much into into the bow, okay, and, and you know while you're holding it, and, and also at the shot. So physically, mass wise and um, like fulcrum wise or, or lever wise, they they act to, to stabilize uh, to, to stabilize that bow. Um, another and another reason why a longer bow will tend to shoot. Uh, I guess easier for someone, especially with someone who doesn't have the best form or will help mask some of that is, um, the amount of travel that each limb has. Okay. Uh, if you think about it, if you have a really short bow, like that Kodiak Magnum I have, or even a shorter bow was like a, the bear, uh, 48 inch, the super mag. Okay. Those limb tips are really, really close together. So if you are pulling to 28 inches. Those limb tips are really, really curling back pretty far. I mean, they're coming back a long ways. So if you were to, if you were to kind of measure um, it at brace height, right, and you, you, you know, you have the, the bow kind of floating in space and the limb tip, let's say, let's just say the upper limb tip, uh, you mark a spot on it and then you start to, you know, you watch it as it's being drawn back. The, the, the point A of where that limb tip started to point B where the limb tip ends at full draw, that's going to be a long sweep. Okay. So when the bow is shot, that limb tip has a long, I don't know how many inches that would be, but it's got a long way to kind of fly forward. Okay. Because it had to come back such a long way because it's such a short bow. Whereas if you were to do a, um, a shoot, like let's say a longer, bow, like a 66 inch bow, let's say, um, again, you're drawing it to, to, to 28 inches. The, the distance that that limb tip would actually make is, is a lot shorter, okay? Just because of the way the geometry works out, the limb tip itself is not going to physically come back as far as a limb tip from a really, really short bow, okay? Um, if you want to really take this to uh, ex extreme, you know, extreme limits, you know, think of, uh, you know, th think of a bow that's only like, like, like a, 
I don't know, um, like, like two feet, four feet, you know, tall, whatever, you know, 48 inch or something like that. And then do that and then compare it to, you know, draw, you know, draw it and just in your mind, you know, see how far you think that would come back. And then, uh, pretend you're actually holding a 20 foot bow. Okay. And you're drawing that, that, that 20 foot bow back and you're looking up at that top limb, the top limb. Okay. Would barely look like it's moving. I mean, you'd still pull it back 20 inches of where you are or, or 28 inches or whatever, where you are. But if you were to look at the limb tip, it would look like it barely even moved. Okay. Cause, cause it's so high up there that by the time the string, you know, uh, kind of comes back down to you, uh, at the 28 inch mark, that limb tip will, will barely look like it, it actually moved. So it's not quite as extreme, obviously, but a longer bow will have less of, uh, limb travel, uh, from the same draw length. Okay. So if you're drawing the 28, you know, one limb will go forward. I don't know. I, I, I don't even, I, I, I don't, I don't even know how many inches, you know, it would be, let's say one of them moves forward, uh, <clears throat> A longer bow maybe only moves like, I don't know, eight inches, whereas a like a really, really short bow might move like 12 inches. I don't know. I'm making those numbers up. But you do have a lot longer uh, distance for that limb to travel. Okay. Now, the longer a limb has to travel, the more chance it has of it, A, uh, it, it being kind of torqued or tweaked left and right, twisting, um, and B, you are in contact with that bow for a longer period of time as the limb is unwinding. Okay. And when I say unwinding, I mean like kind of flying forward. So you have more of a chance to, uh, affect, affect that shot. Okay. So less limb travel from a longer bow, like physically less limb travel is also another reason why a lot of people say longer bows are more stable. And I think that's where a lot of the, the, the idea that a long bow, okay, not longer, not just longer bow, but a long bow, uh, got the, um, kind of reputation as being a little more stable, uh, a little easier to shoot, a little more forgiving because, because of all of these things, it's got the thick limbs, um, you know, th you know, skinny, skinny in width, but you know, thick in profile. So, so thick, um, and thick and thickness. So it's got the thick limbs, longer limbs, less travel, less chance of twisting. That's where you're getting a lot of this, I think, um, history with the longbow being, being so good. Now, uh, you can apply the same things obviously to a recurve, right? A longer recurve is again, going to have less travel than a really, really short recurve. So there's less stuff to go wrong. There's less, um, uh, you know, limb, uh, you know, misalignment and things like that. It's, it's not unfurling, um, you know, a wonky or something like that. The less it has to move, the more, the more accurate it's going to be because there's less, less, the less chance that something's going to get twisted out of whack. So I think that's something a lot of people don't really think about, but it's something that you should consider. Now, if you're comfortable shooting like a really, really long bow, fine, have at it. If you're shoot, comfortable shooting a really short bow, have at it. I can definitely tell you the difference in stability between my, my, my 64 inch or even my 60 inch, um, uh, Kodiak versus the 52 inch Kodiak Magnum at full draw with the Kodiak Magnum. I can, I can wiggle that bow left and right. Um, you know, uh, like a propeller, you know, if you were to kind of shake it left and right, uh, I can wiggle that bow a whole lot easier than I can my, my longer bows. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's just a different style, uh, different feel. Um, 
you know, but you still have to have all the fundamentals uh, of, of shooting. And yes, I will say that it will probably take more effort um, and a better, uh, better technique, better form, better, uh, you know, shot process, better, uh, you know, you know, everything better release to shoot a shorter bow than it will be to shoot a longer bow. Okay. That doesn't mean it can't be done. Now you're probably thinking, okay, well, aside from, uh, you know, being one being easier to shoot because of these, uh, because of these things, then why would I want to shoot a longbow versus a recurve or a recurve versus a longbow? Well, some of it's aesthetics, let's face it. Okay. Let's start with that. Uh, some people like the looks of certain bows better than other ones. I think recurves look really sexy. There's a few long bows that I think, I think look really incredibly sexy and it's just something that, you know, you want to shoot. Um, you know, we, we've kind of talked about the toughness of one versus the other. Most bows built today are pretty damn tough. You're, you know, you're really not gonna, you know, it's not like a recurve is like super dainty or anything like that versus a long bow is, you know, I, I've heard them refer to one's like a little, like a little sports car versus the other one's kind of like an F-150, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, but I still think they're, uh, they, you know, you know, the, the looks of them are, I don't know, they're, they're important to me, you know, but they, they need, they need to shoot well as well. So the, the other thing would be obviously physical size. Now, depending on the style of, of, of hunting you're going to do, physical size will be a factor. Okay. No doubt about it. Uh, I have for turkey season, I, I know I have, I have a ground blind and when I have a ground blind, I either take my compound or I take my, my Kodiak Magnum because that thing is so, so small. I can actually, you know, fit it and shoot it in my ground blind. Um, if you have a longer bow, well, you know, you can absolutely go get a bigger ground blind. I mean, they make ground blinds. You can shoot 70 inch bows out of, I think, you know, I, I don't happen to have one, but I mean, no doubt about it, a bigger or a longer bow, okay, whether it's a long bow or recurve, a longer bow, physically longer bow, is just going to be, you know, there's there's just more to handle. Um, I can tell you that I like a 58-inch bow is really nice for me. My Grizzly is a 58-inch bow. Um, it seems to be kind of like the perfect size of... Um, you know, it, it, it's big enough. I get the limb stability. Uh, it's, 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 it's not twitchy in my hand. Um, but it's also small enough that I can shoot out of, uh, out of a ground blind. Uh, it barely, barely fits in the ground blind I have. But I mean, if you were to make like, uh, like off the ground, like in a deadfall, if you make like a natural ground blind or something like that, um, it's just less, less limb to get tangled up in things. Okay. I mean, we're not shooting, um, you, you know, a, a compound here. If you're shooting this thing, then you you have a lot of stick you know sticking out the top and the bottom you know uh, or or angled and it's going to get caught up in stuff and you just have to you just have to learn to kind of deal with it you know some of you guys listening are saying man I've been shooting a 66 inch bow 70 inch long bow I just deal with it I shoot it out of a tree stand I shoot it out of ladder stands blah 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 well of course it can be done obviously but it's harder to do um, you know I've I've tried I've tried all of them uh, I have not shot my my Omega, the 64 inch out of a, a tree stand, but, um, you know, I, I, I can certainly, I can certainly try, but I can tell you that even my Kodiak, which is a 60 inch bow, um, does sometimes get, you know, caught up in like marsh and, and, uh, uh, like brush and red brush and things like that, where I'm in like, you know, marshy, swampy, you know, really kind of brushy areas and things like that. It does get caught up in stuff. Um, you just have to be, be more mindful when you're hunting with a trad bow. 
you know, um, the, the 58 inch, I mean, you wouldn't think that a couple inches here and there makes a difference, but it really does. Okay. And that's what a lot of the guys will tell you, um, that are diehard, like longbow, 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 you know, they're like, man, you know, I went from a 62, went to a 66. It's only a couple inches on either side. And, you know, it makes no difference. Well, I'm telling you a couple inches on either side, you know, no, no kind of like haha jokes, but a couple inches makes a huge difference. Okay. Um, I, I definitely notice it. I definitely notice it with, you know, picking up from my Kodiak Magnum, you know, to shooting my, uh, the Kodiak. We're going from a 52 inch to a 60 inch, and it's a big, big, big difference as far as how you know easily I can uh, move through stuff. How much uh, if I'm set up in a ground blind uh, or you know on the ground, how much brush I have to clear away, how many limbs I have to clear away, um, you know how much I can kneel and squat before that that lower limb. Uh, digs into the dirt, you know, um, how, how low I can get in my squat. If I'm squatted down, trying to take practice shots, um, you know, the, the lower you get, the more horizontal, you know, the more canted you have to have that bow because otherwise a limp dip's going to dig, you know, like a potato digger, like st dig straight down into the ground. Um, you definitely don't want that. Same thing with a, um, a tree stand. Uh, you, the longer those limbs are, the more they're going to get in the way. Uh, the shorter the limbs are, the more clearance you can have. I mean, that's just that's that's just a fact. Uh, that that Kodiak Magnum, I can shoot pretty much anywhere. The uh, the Kodiak, you know, the 60 inch, I definitely have to really think, not really think about, but I mean, I have to plan ahead and make sure that I can take certain shots, even out of a saddle. Okay, I'm in a saddle now. I'm not even shooting out of a tree stand, and I need to make sure that you know I'm not going to hit the tree, or I'm not going to hit myself, or I'm not going to hit you know whatever my my uh, my pack you know, cause it, that it's, that it's hanging up in the tree. And I, I need to make sure that I, I'm clear of all that kind of stuff. A shorter bow without a doubt is a lot easier. I mean, no question about it. A shorter bow is easier to clear all that stuff. A longer bow can clear all that stuff, but you just have to think about it a little bit more. Now, um, all right, sorry. I take a little sip of water there. So, um, yeah, physically, then you have to plan for it. It can be done, obviously, but a shorter is going to be better. Now, one of the other things that uh, I really want to get into here uh, that does not get talked about is well, I'm going to go back to string angle, and I want to go back to string angle as, as it relates to uh, hunting situations. Now, I try to practice in all hunting situations, meaning I shoot from the ground. I shoot kneeling down on one knee, on both knees, on my butt, um, kind of twisted around, let's say, you know, taking a shot, like I'm like kind of leaning around brush uh, or branches or something like that. I try to shoot downward out of an elevated position. I try to shoot uh, to my, you know, my, my uh, like say, nine o'clock side or my three o'clock side, you know, stuff that if I'm in, whether I'm in a tree stand or I'm on the ground, I'm trying to practice for situations where I might have to not be able to like physically move my body as much as I, that I would like to, and still be able to make, still be able to make a shot. Um, meaning practicing in like real world, real world conditions. Now draw length comes into this a little bit and I'm going to combine the, I'm going to combine the two here with, um, coming up with your draw length and also c coming up with what kind of bow, uh, works well with, that I've found like in the field. Now, uh, let's, let's start with longer bows and shorter bows. 
So given that I, you know, I and you probably should be practicing in those, in those positions as well. Um, a lot of people will kind of go into this and they'll just, they'll just go and, and test bows and then shoot it at the archery range while they're standing, uh, you know, whether it's outside or inside an air conditioned, you know, lighted range, perfect, you know, where you can sit there, you can have perfect, you know, feet uh, placement and squared up to the target and, uh, you know, draw your bow and you're like, oh yeah, okay, well, this is so much smoother. It's a big bow that, or it's a longer bow. That's great. But what I find is because of that string angle that we talked about shooting downward from an elevated position is harder with a longer bow. Okay, I'm going to say that again. So like take notes, shooting downward from an elevated position is harder with a longer bow. Okay, for me. Now, why is that? Uh, after all, we've been told about how shooting a longer bow is easier, shooting a longer bow is more forgiving, all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't you want that in the hunting situation? Absolutely, yes. But um, when you are in an elevated position, think about it. What are you doing? Even if you have the perfect upper body T alignment, and I know a sure shit will not have upper body T alignment perfectly. I know I, I try to um, kind of set myself up for like worst case scenarios. And I know that I'm not going to be bending 100% at the waist. I know it should be, but even if I do, okay, the, the string angle on a longer bow, when I'm, when I'm bent forward at the waist or I'm bending downward, will interfere with my side or my leg more than shooting downward at that same angle with a shorter bow, okay? Why is that? With a shorter bow, let's go back to our string angle again. With a shorter bow, again, you guys are sick of hearing about my bows with the Kodiak Magnum. The string angle is really acute, meaning the string at full draw from the top limb comes towards you at a pretty sharp angle, and it goes away from you. It goes away from your body at a pretty sharp angle because the string is so short, because the bow is so short, okay? So... Um, I'm a right-handed shooter, meaning I hold the bow with my left hand. And if I were to, let's say, uh, bend down and I'm shooting down, downward, uh, you know, kind of down toward my left or something like that in an ideal position, I can only bend down so much. Okay. Uh, out of, let's say a tree stand or even out of saddle or things like that. Uh, even if I have perfect upper body T alignment. Okay. And I know I'm not going to have it. I'm a realist. Okay. I know like probably not what, you know, the, the, the perfect shooter folks were wanting to hear, but I'm a realist. Okay. I'm probably going to be dropping my bow arm. I'm probably not going to have the perfect alignment, but even if I do, okay, the, the string angle going away from my body with a shorter bow. Okay. That lower limb, the string going down to the lower limb shoots away from my body not so much downward kind of following my leg, but it shoots away from my body toward that limb tip because so, so it goes away because it's a short bow. With a longer bow, like even with that 60 inch 59, okay, and definitely with the 64 inch Omega, because the string angle is so gentle that the string going down, like I'm going to call it the lower string, the string going down to the lower limb, uh, it doesn't shoot away from my body as sharply as a shorter bow does. It actually is more gentle, meaning that it, at a certain point, 
uh, can only bend so much until that string hits my, let's say my hip or my thigh or, uh, or even, you know, if, like if, if I'm kind of really kind of twisting around like my backpack, if I'm shooting with my backpack, which I really don't, but um, that actually interferes with my body. And the YouTube videos I have on this will, will actually show you, show you that. Okay. It's, it's, it's visually, it's, 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 you know, quite, quite noticeable. <clears throat> and if you don't practice the stuff, you'll never know that, you know, and you get into a situation and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you're, you're, especially if you're wearing like, you know, like layers, like later season or something like that. And you've got a little bit bulkier clothing, you've got a jacket, uh, you know, uh, you know, pants, you know, thicker pants or, or bibs or what have you. Um, you have way more of a chance of that lower string interfering with, you know, for me, from like, like my hip, um, you know, like your love handle area or your hip or uh, your, your thigh. It, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, it's absolutely, absolutely noticeable. Um, I don't have that issue with the shorter bow, okay? That is a huge, huge thing for me for wanting to shoot a shorter bow. Um, I think a 52 inch is a little bit too short, you know, in, in most situations uh, for me. <clears throat> I really like that 58. But again, that's something that unless you actually go and try it, uh, you're, you're not going to notice it. And I've, I've really never heard anybody else talk about it. Not like I'm some sort of like groundbreaking, like, you know, like, oh, you know, hallelujah kind of thing. But um, I've never, ever actually heard anybody actually talk about that issue with uh, shooting a longer bow. Because we've been told longer bows are easier to shoot. Uh, all the other stuff being the same, you know, they're more forgiving, blah, 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 blah. And that's why technically you should shoot one in a hunting situation. Well, I don't know. I think in a hunting situation, you need to, uh, have a bow that's not gonna, you know, uh, the bowstring's not going to get hit you on your hip. And, and, and you, and you certainly don't want it to, um, it's not the hitting, uh, that, that, that's the problem. It digs into you. And of course, when you shoot it, then it, it kind of kicks the string off center. Um, it throws a shot off, uh, you know, accuracy goes to crap. I mean, you don't want that. So that is a big, big, uh, part, part, part of it for me. It's something you got to practice. Now, again, a lot of people are, you know, you guys might be saying, well, you really have to have perfect alignment. Well, again, I am a realist. So stop it with that perfect upper body T alignment, alignment bullshit. Okay. Most people say they do it. I really rarely ever see anybody actually do it. Okay. Um, you take the shot that you have. And I think a lot of that is, you know, dropping your bow arm and twisting around. And, you know, I try to have the best alignment that I can, but I'm an absolute realist. There's no way in hell I'm going to have that. Um, and even if you do, like I said, have that perfect upper body alignment, you can't get away from the geometry of that longer bow, uh, with that string kind of cutting across, you know, down, uh, you know, closer to your body versus a shorter bow with the string going away from your body. It goes, it physically goes away from your body. So it actually gives you more clearance to be able to bend down more, um, you know, and, and not get caught up anything in, uh, in cleanly. So, um, so anyway, that's something you really, really ought to play with. Go check out those videos I have. Again, it's like longbow versus recurve part one and part two. I think in, is it part two or part one? I can't remember. I think in part one that I actually talk about that part of it. Um, partially related to, to that, I'm going to actually tack it on to the end of this, this podcast here. I want to talk about it too, is draw length. Um, and that's really not part of a recurve versus longbow thing, but I think I did put it in the video. So this kind of goes as a you know companion to that. Um, when I, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but you know, when I first started shooting, um, I was pulling damn near 30 inches. 
again, uh, shooting, uh, you know, indoor or even outdoor, but you're standing perfectly, you know, upright. You are, uh, you know, you're shooting in, um, you know, controlled environment. You can put your feet where you want. You can put, um, you know, you can put your uh, upper body alignment the way you want. You can square up to the target, that kind of stuff. And I can pull damn near 30 inches. That's fine. Now, when I started putting a clicker on my bow, um, I found that, A, I wasn't getting to the click as, as often. Uh, that's kind of a you know really good reality check where I really wasn't hitting my clicker all the time, but I really wasn't hitting my clicker all the time more when I started. It's, it's fine when I'm at, you know, again, in, in a, in ideal conditions standing upright, but when I started practicing in hunting conditions or again, shooting downward, um, shooting, sitting down, shooting, you know, on one knee, I practice a lot on one knee or both knees because I do hunt a lot on the ground too. And now that I'm in a saddle this year, I've been practicing, you know, I've been shooting like a judo, not a, I don't have a judo, but like a, like a small game tip or, or one of my arrows like down at the, at the end of, uh, at the end of uh, shooting, you know, just, just to take that one practice shot. Um, but anyway, the, the more, the more I started to practice in real world conditions, the more I realized that if I was twisted around, turned around, bent over, bent down sideways, uh, twisted around, you know, um, you know, shooting, like I said, if I'm sitting there and, uh, pretending like an, like an animal comes from like my nine o'clock position. Okay. Or my eight thirty position, like twisting around to the eight o'clock or nine o'clock position and trying to take a shot and come to full draw feels a lot more different than you standing at the line, uh, with a target, you know, straight out in front of you at 12 o'clock or turning to the right in my case to shoot at like the two thirty or three o'clock position, twisting around like that really screws up your, your alignment. So I, I was trying to practice all that stuff. And I found that I really wasn't getting to my clicker. So long story short, my draw length kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, especially when I was shooting at a downward angle. Okay. Again, still trying to keep that upper body T configuration, but shooting at a downward angle, I wasn't getting to my clicker. Um, so I am down to like, I'm, I, I draw like 27 to 27 and a quarter, depending on the bow, because it depends on the grip. Um, and that's where, that's where I found that I can consistently hit my clicker and my consistent, I'm being dead honest here. I mean like, you know, you know, eight out of 10 times. Okay. Um, I, I'm still not going to tell you that I hit my clicker every single time. Cause that'd be an absolute lie, but that's when I found that I could, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still what I consider like quote unquote full draw, but I would get to full draw. If, it, if, if the draw is any longer, I would get the full draw, but I just couldn't go through that expansion phase to hit my clicker and just go that little bit extra quarter inch or whatever to activate that clicker. Um, or to activate that back tension the way, um, you know, the way I wanted to. So my draw length kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter, um, which is one of the reasons why I ended up with, uh, you know, the, like the 40 pound bows that I had, I bought these before I kind of perfect, not I'd say perfected, but, um, perfected my form to the, to the point where I have it now, my shooting style. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm shooting almost 30 inches. I'll end up with like 45 pound bows, which will be great. Five by 40 pound bows. Cause I'm drawing longer. Well now, you know, my bows are like 38 pounds to like, you know, 41 and a half. And I think that Omega is like 43 and a half or something like that. So, um, but that's fine for the future. You know, if I buy other bows, I'm going to buy like, you know, I, I want to be at like 48 pounds, let's say at a 27 inch, uh, or a 50 pound, maybe not even 50, but like 48 pounds, something like that is where I want to be. But the point of all this is when I was experimenting with, uh, shooting, in all these configurations with, with these different lengths of bows, um, and how they felt in, 
in different situations, how they felt, you know, shooting downward with that string angle I was talking about. It also highlighted the fact that I really wasn't coming to full draw on my clicker. So um, I ended up, uh, like I said, I've kind of gone down, down, down to about 27, 27 and a quarter, depending on the bow. And this is, this is the, you know, uh, kind of draw length that I find that I can hit every time that I can go through my clicker every time as long as, you know, I don't mentally collapse. It's not physically like I'm waiting, 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 and just, you know, like the clicker never comes kind of thing. So uh, that's also something something to consider because if you are shooting, and, you're, and I'm going to wrap this around here, it's going to make sense. If you are shooting and testing out bows, and uh, let's say you're lucky enough to go, it's probably not going to be at your archery range because they're not going to have anything uh, you know, trad bow related probably. But if you are, you know, shooting a friend's bow or, uh, or, you know, you somehow go to a shoot and they have uh, traditional equipment there, it's one thing to be shooting them at, uh, you know, let's say you want to try a long bow or a longer bow and a shorter bow and see how they feel. It's one thing to be testing them again at, at the target targets at the 12 o'clock position, you know, 20 yards away from you, you know, no problem, easy. Um, and you think, oh, well, this is easy to pull. This is easy to shoot. I can, you know, do whatever. Nothing's interfering. Uh, it's easy, you know, the, the, the limbs aren't interfering with anything. The string's not interfering with anything. Try and shoot those, if you can, in an actual um, hunting situation or at least hunting position that you potentially might find yourself in. And then you're going to see, like, oh, man, if I hunt on the ground a lot and I'm um, – I, you know, I squat down a lot. Let's say I hunt out of like a folding tripod chair or uh, just squatting down, you know, sitting on my butt or squatting down on one knee or both knees or whatever. This 64 inch bow may not be right for me. You know, uh, I probably want something smaller. Or if you're shooting down downward or in, in contorted positions, that bow that you thought might be a little bit too short for you. Uh, because of, let's say, string pinch or because of uh, stability issues or because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, stacking or something like that, which I don't really want to get into right now. But um, you may find yourself that that may not be an issue because, you know, like I said, in my case, you may think you're drawing 30 inches and that's perfectly fine that you might be drawing 30 inches in a perfect, you know, you know, perfect situation. But in a hunting situation where you're contorting your body in certain ways and you're not quite perfect, you might find that you're consistently getting to 28 inches or 27 and a half inches. And all of a sudden the bows that, you know, uh, a couple inches of draw length, well, you know, might make a difference on how the bow feels to you. So all of a sudden the bows that you kind of uh, dismissed as being a little bit too short, too much string pinch, uh, too this, too that, um, you know, they may all of a sudden fall back into your radar because in a hunting situation, they may be the ideal, uh, ideal bow, um, and not necessarily the longer bow, you know, because of all the other issues uh, that, that, that I've talked about. Now, to, to kind of wrap all this up, I, I don't want this to sound like I, I dislike longer bows. Um, I think everything has its place. But I think there's a reason why, um, well, I, I think there's a reason why a lo most hunting, you know, most hunting bows, um, sorry, my computer's beeping at me. I think there's a reason why most hunting bows now are really you know, in like the 58 to 62 inch range. And it seems like a lot of hybrid uh, reflex defects longbows that are being built are like 58 inch and 60 inch, I think are like the most popular. Like 58 is kind of like really, really popular um, 
uh, size now, it, it seems like, because people, at least for hunting bow, because people have realized that they can get really good performance out of them, stability out, stability out of them, uh, good string angle out of them. They're not going to get string pinch, and um, it's just more maneuverable. You know, you can't you can't deny that. There's always going to be the diehard, you know, D-shaped hill-style longbow fanatics that have that just shoot that bow and always shoot that bow and they shoot that bow incredibly well. Um, you know, friend obviously Jason Samkowiak, he, he loves those things. Steve Angel is a huge fan of like the longer, uh, you know, longer D-shaped bows. You know, that's great. You know, but um, I think I, th I think you owe it to yourself to shoot everything. And just like everything, it's going to take a little bit of use to. If you go with like the really, really long bows, then you're going to have a learning curve with, um, you know, the string angle that I talked about, uh, you know, hitting your body. Uh, you're going to have a learning curve with trying to clear those limbs from not hitting things, uh, whether it's in a tree stand or on the ground. And if you decide to go shoot a really short bow, your learning curve is going to be, well, your form better be on point. Uh, your release better be on point because it is more difficult to... Um, uh, to not, you know, torque that bow and have a nice clean release and not impart any kind of torque or any kind of unnecessary, uh, unnecessary user input into that bow because it's a shorter bow and it will take, um, you know, it, it takes a uh, little more refined uh, form and, and release to be able to shoot those things well. And you just gotta, you just gotta deal with it. But size wise, it's way more ideal in a hunting situation than a bow that is, you know, like, uh, you know, a foot a foot longer or something like that, you know, or two foot longer. So anyway, um, I hope, I hope I didn't go too fast with all this stuff. And I hope some of this stuff was, um, not too much repeat for you guys. Uh, I know some of the terminology stuff is, is kind of like entry level one-on-one -on -one stuff, but I hope you got something out of the, the, the latter part of, uh, for you experienced, uh, guys, uh, hope you got something out of the latter part of this podcast about that whole string angle stuff, because that was kind of a, re a revelation for me. You know, everything is a compromise. Uh, everything deserves to at least be tried once to see how you like it. Um, and, and just kind of, just kind of go from there. So anyway, I think I'm going to wrap this one up here. I've been kind of rambling a little bit. Thank you for listening. Um, again, definitely please leave a rating. Uh, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to that channel, leave a rating. Uh, if you want to support anything, go to, uh, to teespring.com, www.teespring.com. Search for Bowhunting Soul, uh, the storefront, and I've got some t-shirts for sale there. They're really sweet. You can support that way. The other way you can support the channel is if you go to the YouTube videos, and on pretty much almost every single video I have, if you do the little arrow drop down in the description, okay, hit the little drop down arrow and I will probably have a link to some sort of product I'm talking about or product that I use that is an Amazon link you click through that and whatever you buy through Amazon okay it doesn't have to be whatever I'm talking about you don't have to buy what I'm talking about but the fact that you went through my link and you do your shopping on Amazon then I get a commission for you know pennies or a couple of dollars or whatever uh, and that's greatly appreciated you can and it doesn't affect you in any way whatsoever you don't pay anything extra you can still use amazon prime still use all that stuff but the fact that you went through my link to do your shopping whether you bought whatever my link is or not um then uh you know it uh i i still get the commission for it so and i did recently by the way just got leading up to christmas i did like a 10 days of uh, of gifts for um uh, christmas gifts for hunters well we're past christmas now but it doesn't necessarily have to be 
um, you know, just for Christmas. A lot of those things in there are perfect for the upcoming spring turkey season. And definitely, you know, you might want to keep them on your list for, you know, the hunter outdoors, you know, man or woman in your life um, for, you know, for gifts or, you know, birthdays or, or what, what have you, Father's Day, Mother's Day, I don't care. Um, a lot of good stuff I, I kind of reviewed in there. So go look at those reviews. And uh, in a, anyway, enough of the sales pitch. Um, I think I'm going to wrap that up for here. Go check out uh, as many longbows as you can, as many recurves as you can. Go shoot as much as you can. And I hope you guys' is, uh, winter is uh, not too cold. Enjoy the outdoors. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks.